Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm your host, Amanda Lamb. The words nuclear power have the ability to make a lot of us fearful. In the triangle, Sharon Harris comes to mind. The cooling tower is located in southwestern Wake County on 5,400 acres. The 36-year-old plant can power one million homes. But big nuclear power plants may soon be a thing of the past. In this episode, WREL Investigates senior producer Randall Kerr joins us to explain what the future of nuclear power looks like. Randall, welcome to the program. Thanks, Amanda. So when most of us think of nuclear power, we think of these huge reactors, big plumes of smoke that can be seen for miles. Uh, We think of nuclear meltdowns, like the one that happened at Three Mile Island in 1979 in Pennsylvania. There was a lot of press about that, movies made about it. But it sounds like there is something new on the horizon. Tell us about the small nuclear reactor. Yeah, it's actually, it's really cool technology. And to take a step back, so we found out about this because Duke, like Duke Energy, which provides power to most of us in this area, um, you know, they file plans on what their future energy needs are going to be their demands their their capital outlay what they're looking at and there was there were sections in there about how they could meet their clean energy goals you know by 2035 or so and one of the things that popped out we kept seeing this acronym SMR and it was small you know modular reactors and they're essentially almost made to order nuclear plants so when you know when we built Sharon Harris in, in 1980, when it opened in 1987, I mean, everything there was built from the ground up. These new reactors, you can order the pieces, including the actual reactors that are much smaller than what we have at Sharon Harris. So they don't generate as much power, but you could create a power plant and say, I need six of those reactors. So you could have six tiny reactors in one place and you could have extra spots open. You could have extra spots open to add more if the demand is needed. And so right now the Department of Energy has approved one plan from one company. um, And right now they're in the, the process of thinking about building one in Idaho. It's hit some price snags right now, um, but they, they hope to fix that and have these almost ready to order, you know, within the next eight to 10 years. And how does this compare, uh, for example, to what we already have at Sharon Harris? I mean, I'm going to imagine it's, it's, like you said, it's much smaller, right? Yeah. And, and you could make them as powerful as Sharon Harris if you wanted to have that type of investment. But the key thing the key thing with these is they don't need, you mentioned the 5,400 acre footprint for Sharon Harris. These don't need as much land. So the going theory with a lot of power companies right now, power companies that are trying to get away from coal, is that these modular reactors can sit on the footprint of existing coal plants. So as they take coal off, they could replace it with nuclear. And right now, you know, that, that hasn't been an option. It's been, you know, hydrogen or natural gas. This gives due much more flexibility to meet the needs and the, uh, we have, the energy needs we have in the future. Okay, great. We'll talk more about this after the break. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. So again, you're saying these are smaller reactors and they're built somewhere else and then installed in the new location. How are they transported? I mean, are they on the back of a truck? Absolutely. How does yep. that... Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they, they, the one reactor can fit on the back of a truck. And like I said, if you have a design for a plant that is going to have six of these small reactors, and they would generate, so right now there's like a 77 megawatt small reactor. If you had six of those, it would generate about a third of the power of Sharon Harris. And that's kind of the going plan right now is 
between four and six of these small reactors, but you could have more. And you, like I said, you could put five in to start. And if, you know, wherever that plant was, if you had tremendous growth, a new plant came in, you could call up the company and go, well, we need one more. And back of a truck, take it to the plant, and you just basically stick it into the existing slot in it's the like plant. It's like Amazon for nuclear reactors. It's really, it's, I mean, it's a really cool technology. Yeah, and, it, it, and like you said, it sounds very flexible, and, and that obviously is a great thing when you're talking about, you know, how much land you have, where you want to locate it. And I know people are probably always a little bit nervous, right, mm-hmm. when somebody says we want to locate nuclear reactors in your neighborhood or, you know, within a 10-mile radius of your home. Um, so what is the Electric Power Research Institute doing to, to try to clear the path to, to allowing us to use these new reactors? So what they did is they brought in power companies from around the country and said, okay, what's the interest in this and how can we make it happen as quickly as possible? Because, you know, anytime you get the government involved with anything, it's red tape after red tape sure, after red tape. Sure. So essentially they're looking for with with the help of the power companies, they're looking for the roadblocks now to knock them down. So once this technology is ready to essentially roll off the assembly line, it's it it's business, and you can go. And power companies can start put you know, submitting their plans to the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission to get these new plants. And you know, and hopefully the the goal is you will have so much already worked out that it's almost like a stamp approval type process instead of every project has to be completely vetted. If they can get one plan of a new plant approved, every power company could go, we're going to get one, we're going to get one, we're going to get one. So everything's already been cleared out for this one plant. All you have to do is find the place to put it and then install it. Wow, that sounds really seamless in a way. Um, When are we likely to see these in our area and, and where would they be? Well, Duke's initial plan is to have one online by 2035. That's their that's their goal, to have this first one. And the, right now, they're looking at a spot just outside of Winston-Salem, just north of Winston-Salem, where they have a coal plant that they're taking offline. That's called the Blues Creek plant. And they're hoping to put the first one there and then within about five years, put another one online. They're not far enough in the process yet to know where they want that to be. Um, in general, these plants, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the cost is has jumped a little bit more than some power companies have liked for these smaller reactors, but they cost about a third of what a larger plant would cost right now to build. Um, and obviously, power companies, when they build, they increase rates. Duke Duke says its goal is to make those rate increases not sharp. So they're spread out over years so people won't feel, you know, just a one, one month your bill is going to start going up, you know, $100. They hope to spread out those costs over the years. And, you know, frankly, you know, if they make this transition to nuclear, they'll, they have a lot less money to spend on other things. I mean, a lot of the environmental initiatives, I mean, nuclear energy is, a you know, the North Carolina legislatures is going to classify nuclear as clean energy. So as, you know, as they spend all this money trying to clean up the environment, this is one source that will last forever that it, that it, that will be clean energy, they can meet their goals and and they can keep taking coal offline. Now Duke has a plan, you know, with their future building projects is they want to make sure that they have something in place before they take something offline. Sure. So they, they aren't leaving so, consumers So they're not leaving try. consumers. Yeah. And so the goal with this nuclear is, you know, like we saw this past year, when it gets really cold, gas, natural gas plants still have freezing issues. 
coal plants are pretty reliable, except for the, the harm they do to the environment. So they're trying to get rid of those. And nuclear is the most flexible, the most reliable form of energy. And I, you know, I know people get nervous when you hear about power plants. And like you mentioned, um, you know, we've had issues. This new technology has what's called passive security with them. So they actually, it, it actually polices itself if it notices things getting too warm. So it's safer. It's safer than the existing plants, which take human interve- human intervention first. These almost fix themselves as they go along. So it's a really, really cool technology with a lot of promise. And if we can just get the cost down a little bit to make it feasible for power companies, I think we're going to see these start popping up all over the nation. And, and finally, what about cost to consumers? I mean, would we see our bills go down or is that is it too early to say? I, I would say initially it, it's, it would be fair to assume that we're all going to see increases to pay for the initial capital costs that Duke will incur to build these plants. But I, I would say as we, you know, as we go down the road, because it's a more reliable type of electricity where you're not having to do as many upgrades and retrofitting, I mean, it's there, um, that they could really probably level off. And, and the key is, you know, I mean, people hate paying high bills, but what do people like even less? Their power going out. And sure. this will be much more and reliable. more reliable. Well, that's great information. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Randall. This has been the WREL Daily Download, a production of WREL News. Check out my new true crime podcast from WREL Studios. The Killing Month, August 1978, details the investigation into the serial murders carried out by a band of outlaw brothers in Pennsylvania. Episodes one through six are available now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.